Okay, we're in Revelation chapter 2, and we're going to talk about, we're going to be introduced to and, and read Jesus Christ's report card to the church of Smyrna. And we should probably pray, but I'll do that after I read. I'll, we'll grab the reading, listening blessing right away, right? The keeping blessing, well, that's, that's on y'all, right? So, but let's, let's jump in. We're in Revelation chapter 2. We're starting in verse 8. There's only a few verses here. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works in tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be heard of the second death. Saying, boy, you only got a few verses to work with. Think you'll get it all in? That's a lot of stuff there. It really is a lot of stuff. Well, let's pray. Father, I, I do want to get it all in. And I want to get and I want to cover it in such a way that it's a benefit to us. And I know I'm in over my skis as usual. But as usual, the Spirit of God is given to lead us into all truth. The spirit of truth has a vested interest in the truth. And you want us to know this book, and you want us to love and appreciate it. And I pray that that will happen um, among the hearers today, uh, that the keeping blessing might be near at hand. We ask it in Jesus' name. You understand what I'm talking about, um, the hearing, the keeping Um, in the first chapter, we're told that you know it is a blessing to those who uh, read this book, those who hear this book, and uh, those who keep the things that uh, are written therein for the time is at hand. That is in verse 3. Uh, so we read and so we hear, and there's a blessing there. Whether you even believe it or not, I don't think it's conditional, but the keeping blessing, I think, is the big blessing. And that's, how do you keep it? Because it's not even a commandment. It's keep these things, treasure them, store them up, love them, live them. Uh, I don't know how else to say it. Now, you're saying, uh, I'd love to do that, but this Smyrna church, I get an idea, a lot of bad things are happening there from your reading. Uh, How many of you this year said, you know, for this year, 2021, I want to suffer more. That is top of my priority. I really want to suffer for the things of Jesus Christ. Not let the record show. Zero hands went up. Um, it's it's nobody wants that. I don't want it. I don't want it for you. Uh, Jesus has it prescribed for his all his church and all his people from time to time. Some people live there. This church will live there, and it's a, a real benefit, a real bonus, and a real blessing, as we'll see uh, from our reading today. Now, just a little bit about Smyrna. The name means myrrh. Myrrh is one of the presents that the wise men brought to Jesus at his birth. You know that. You say, but what is it? Well, gold is gold. We know that. Frankincense, people think frankincense. I don't know, frankincense. It's incense. 
It has to do with prayer. And it speaks to us like the gold declares Jesus Christ as, the, as God, as the Lord. The, the frankincense talks about his ministry as priest. Okay? It's, it's kind of a prophet, priest, and king. King, gold, uh, his, his priestly ministry is, is myrrh. I mean, is, is um, incense, and his prophecy, his prophet ministry, has to do with myrrh. He, his myrrh speaks of death, okay? Um, it is an embalming spice, and it's on a thorny plant, and the fact that it has thorns on it, I think, is kind of scriptural. And you, it exudes its frag- fragrance when you crush it. Interesting, right? So that's what myrrh's all about. Uh, now, you think, Adam, I think you're chasing, you're often, I don't think so. The Bible is very particular about things like this. In Isaiah chapter 60, and you can turn there, I'm going to read a few verses. I want to read the whole chapter. I'm going to jump in the first verse, although what I want to get to is verse 6, but I want to start in the verse, first verse. Arise, shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. This is eschatological. This has to do with Jesus coming back the second time and establishing his kingdom. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. What are we talking about? We're talking about the time of, of the, uh, we'd call it the great tribulation, a time of darkness, according to many verses in Revelation and the book of Joel. It's a, it's a time of darkness. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness to people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee. No, no doubt referring to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light and kings to the brightness of thy rising. God's going to exalt Israel in the kingdom age and Gentiles will flow in uh, lift up thine eyes round about and see all they gather themselves together and they come to thee. Thy son shall come from far and thy daughter shall be nursed at thy side. Then thou shalt see and flow together and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. The abundance of the sea. Yeah, he's talking about Gentile nations. One of the many places in scripture where he's using the word sea as a euphemism for the Gentiles. We'll, we'll need to borrow that later on in chapter 13 when we see the Antichrist rising from the sea. But the, um, the, the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee, the forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. There he marries the two ideas together so you, you don't miss it. Now, what's going to happen at Jerusalem? The multitude of camels shall cover thee, the dromedaries of Midian and Ephah. All they uh, from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense and they shall show forth the praises of the Lord. So presents given in the millennial kingdom are gold and incense. Wait, that's only two that's only two out of three. That's 67%. That's a fail in my test, right? Anytime you get a 67%, that's fail, right? With the myrrh. Oh no, 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 no. In the kingdom age, no more myrrh. Isn't that very precise of the Holy Spirit to leave that out? Why? Because he's no, death is behind him. He died once and for all. We'll see that in Smyrna. He died, but it was a once for all death. And by the way, that should 
help our Catholic friends navigate through some of their theology. Just saying. So this, that, you know, you read that and you say, what is this dromedaries and seas and nursed at thy side and what is going on here? And now when you see it in its context, and by the way, I haven't, I just barely developed this. When you see it, you say, oh my goodness, this is so, this is crazy. You mean the, the kingdom age, the millennial kingdom, the reign of Jesus Christ is in the Old Testament? Yeah, so, 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 so many times. So many times. And when they're pulled out and showed up and held up, you think, oh my goodness, I read that like five dozen times. I never realized what it said. And then when we see it in its proper context, we say, oh wow, that's something else. Okay, back to Revelation. Um, so the name that is called Myrrh, Smyrna means Myrrh, it's still a current ongoing concern. It's the third largest city in Turkey. It's called Izmir now. It still kind of has that myrrh kind of ring to it. Um, it's one of the only places in Turkey where they still have an active Christian church. Important from what Jesus has to say. Now, if you've been following, okay, he, he says who it's to, and then he borrows from chapter 1 something about himself. And then he gives... Uh, the plaudits, the accolades, this is what you're doing, very, very good, yay, keep doing that. And then he gives this concern. Some people could say con condemnation because they try to keep it all C's, right? Uh, concern, I think, is probably a little bit better. Um, but there's no concern. In Smyrna, there's one of two churches here who he doesn't have a, a, a real problem with that he needs to... You, you know, if you say to your spouse, hey, uh, what's, uh, what is, what is a, about me that really bothers you? You know, if I said to Susan, and I have a time time, you know, well, come on over here. Let's, I got I get this list we got going. And she starts in with A, and she's got it right cross-referenced, and, you know, she's put dates and times. And, uh, and she doesn't really, she's not really like that. She's not really like and, and I think you all know that, too, right? Imagine if she were. I mean, she'd have, you, you, your spouse would have stuff, you know? Imagine if your spouse said, perfect. It, it's probably your anniversary, or your birthday, right? <laughs> but imagine if they're really in the heart of hearts. I think no, you're, you're everything that a spouse should be. You are absolutely ticking all the boxes. I I got nothing. This is the report card to the church from Jesus Christ. Okay, Lord, what are we doing wrong? I got nothing. Imagine a blessing that is because I'd I'd like a report card. From Jesus Christ to Calvary Chapel, Kennebec Valley. Okay, what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? Would you like that? Is that a fearful thing? I don't know if I want that or not, you say. Yeah, it would be a fearful thing, I think. But if I'm doing something wrong, if we're doing something wrong, wouldn't you like to know and correct it? What if he said, perfect. Wow. That's what, he's, that's what it's like uh, here. And, and there's a reason for that. I'm going to, we're going to talk about it. First um, Peter chapter six. I mean, I'm sorry. First Peter chapter one verse six. I want to again start at the first verse, but for time constraint, we'll start at the sixth verse. 
Well, we've we got to go back to verse 5 just to give us a kind of a running leap into it. Who are kept, you, you people, you saved people, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time we're in, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. Read here, manifold trials. Okay, it's not temptations in the sense like Satan is tempting you. It's a trial that you're going through, a test, a battle, a storm, or whatever other metaphor you want. That the trial of your faith, see temptation, that the trial, the trying of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth. Man, I want gold and I want a lot of it. It's, it's perishing. It's earmarked for destruction. Your faith, oh, it's way more precious. Your faith is everlasting. Bob told us, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without gold, it's impossible to please God. There are people who have lots of gold who don't please God. There is nobody who has faith that doesn't please God. Faith pleases God. It's much more important than gold. But you have these trials, that the trial of your faith, the testing of your faith, is much more precious than gold that perishes. Though it be tried with fire, it might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. When Jesus shows up, do you want faith or do you want gold? If you selected gold, that's the wrong answer. You failed. You want faith. That pleases God. And he tries it. He refines it. And that's what the verse is saying here. And there's a reason. Because our faith is imperfect. We're, we have little faith. So what happens? Through the trial, our faith is, and there's a whole sermon here, is increased. It's the, the impurities are burned away. And what's left is very pleasing to God, according to God. Now back to Revelation. The angel of church of Smyrna. Now we know this angel if indeed, I said messenger, right? Angel means messenger. Did he write a letter to an angel? I don't know. Why would an angel need a letter? If it's to the pastor of the church of Ephesus, uh, church of Smyrna, we know this man, okay? At this time of this writing, he's a man, and his name is Polycarp. He was, some people say, placed there by John. Polycarp was a martyr, I'm reading from Wikipedia. No friend to Christianity. I don't think anyone's going to... This is the first thing that came up, and I said, no, this will do, because I think they got the facts pretty much correctly, okay? And you can read this in Fox's Book of Martyrs. It's also in the uh, book Jesus Freaks, the, the Martyrdom of Polycarp. Cancel Wi-Fi join. Okay. Uh, in the martyrdom, Polycarp is recorded as saying on the day of his death, eight and sixty years I have served him, and he has done me no wrong. This could indicate either that he was 86 years old or that he had lived 86 years after his conversion. I favor the latter. Who knows? Polycarp goes on to say, how then can I blaspheme my king and savior? They threaten me with a fire that burns for a season and after a little while is quenched. But you are ignorant of the fire of everlasting punishment that is prepared for the wicked, end quote. Polycarp was burned at the stake and pierced with a spear for refusing to burn incense to the Roman emperor. So they have at this time... And by the way, I just want to say, we talked about that I think all the seven churches listed in the order that they're listed in gives a prophetic version of 
what's going to happen in the church age. The seven churches, seven complete. The complete church looks like this. Okay, first it's the apostolic age, then it's the persecution age, which, by the way, started, I mean, it started before that, but in proper, about AD 100, and it lasts till, uh, I say AD, circa AD 100, and it lasts till AD 313. Say, that's a very specific date. How do you know that? We'll talk about that next week, okay? When we look at the, the thoroughly married church, Church of Pergamos, there was an end. You say, whoa, 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 Adam, 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 you're missing too much stuff here. This is why you're, that whole view falls to the ground. Uh, a lot of people are still suffering persecution. That is correct. Remember, all elements of all churches, all ages. Uh, it's also, uh, that was the apostolic age last week, uh, two weeks ago when we talked about Ephesus, the church that left its first love. Is that true of the Laodicean church? Or the church of Pergamos? Or the church of Calvary Chapel at Kennebec Valley? Or the church, there's always all those elements. Say, well, um, this is the church proper, the bride of Christ. There was an apostolic age, and then there was when the whole of the church of Jesus Christ suffered persecution. Now, parts and pockets and a, and a large segment of the church of Jesus Christ still suffers persecution. That's correct. That's why some people say, well, that's just a Western view. No, it's not. The church, the only church, the only church that existed, 100% of it, basically, was going through the fires of persecution. 100% of the church at one point was all in the Roman Empire, and Rome was trying to stomp it out, okay? So that's what we're, that's what we're talking about, and that's what we're dealing with. And that's why it ended in AD 313. Again, we'll talk about that next week. So all he had to do, Polycarp, all he had to do, you, you, it, it had less to do with worship. It had more to do with, like, patriotism, okay? They conquered, Rome conquered a lot of different people groups, a lot of different indigenous, who had different religious ideas, different, uh, you know, po political ideas. And so for, you know, the sake of, hey, let's all get together and, you know, one big uh, happy, you got a, a pinch, uh, uh, burn a pinch of incense and say Caesar is Lord. No problem. It's a big problem, except to the Christian. That was sacrosanct. Jesus is Lord. That is what we say. That is what we believe. That is what we affirm. And we would not even utter the phrase, uh, say, uh, Caesar is Lord, except in like today as I teach. Do I say that in my life? No. No. What I have said is the governor, God bless her, God bless her, she doesn't govern anything inside this church. Why? Because Jesus is Lord. Haven't I said this all along? Now, we can try to uh, go by some of those. You, you know, if the CDC says, well, you know, six foot and mass and, well, yeah, okay, whatever, okay? She says, you close the churches down. We say, no. Jesus is Lord. It, it, it's easy to me. Uh, I, I know, I know. There's, that's controversial. Some people don't see that, but I do. Uh, when the government, is that, is that going to happen in 2021? When the government says, you will do this, and we say, let's see. No, I get verses. No. Can I give you a good example? Is 2021 going to be the year where churches in America are persecuted for not marrying same-sex couples. You understand, I'm not going to do that. I mean, does, does anyone here have any hazy idea that I'll cave to pressure 
and then maybe I'll do that. No. Does that mean a fine? Does that mean prison? Whatever. Oh, yeah, Adam, easy to say now. It's not easy to say. I don't want to go to prison. If God wants me to do jail and prison ministry from the inside, Smyrna tells me, praise his holy name. Whatever you got, Lord. In for a penny, in for a pound. I'm not turning back. And what I have understood, come me among those like Polycarp. Jesus is Lord. That means he is the master of our life. You, you know why Christianity is so unpopular? We say he's the master. He's the one who gets the control. And you say, uh-uh, I ate the apple. I know good and evil. I'm the one who says and think, you better spit it out. And Before he comes back, it ain't going to go very good with you. The date of Polycarp's death is in dispute. Eusebius dates it as in the reign of Marcus Aurelius, 166 to 167. However, a post-Eusebian addition uh, uh, to the martyrdom of Polycarp dates his death to Saturday, February 23rd, in the proconsul of Lucius Statius Quadratius, 155 or 156. So we're talking about 10 or 12 years different. This is pretty, yeah, if you get it within then, way back two millennia ago, I'm, I'm saying you're doing pretty good. So I think this is good history. These early dates better fit the tradition of the association with Ignatius and John. John knew Polycarp. Some people say John installed him as Bishop of Smyrna. Now, back to our reading. To the angel of the Church of Smyrna. Now we understand who we're talking about. Polycarp, a martyr. No, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not, and the guys who arrested him, you know, the Roman centurion said, listen, just do it, will you? Just, what's the big deal? He said, you know, 86 years, he hasn't denied me. Am I going to deny him now? He can do it. They were begging him, like, this is an old man, and he's, he wants to do this. They did it. And the angel of the church of Smyrna write, these things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. Is that important for the people of Smyrna? See, Jesus borrows some, one of his descriptions from chapter 1, but it's very important which one he grabs. It seems to be pertinent, germane to the, what they're going through, what they're all about. Look at, uh, back to chapter 1, verse 17, where you start picking up the red, if you've got a red-letter edition. Fear not, I'm the first and the last. I'm he that liveth and was dead. He doesn't say, but, he, but guess what? It's true. I am alive forevermore. Amen. I have the keys of hell and death. Is that important to you if you're dying this year? Now, I don't know if anyone's got a you know a report from the doctor and say, okay, it's terminal, get your house in order. I haven't, okay? Will I die this year? I don't know. I would like to think we're all going to be raptured this year. Do I know that? I do not know. But when it's my turn to breathe my last, I take great comfort in the fact that Jesus Christ is the first and the last, and he has the keys to death and hell. Satan's going to grab me at the point of my death and drag me down to hell. No. <laughs> uh, let me put this another way. No. Do I worry about that? Not at all, not ever, not a little bit. Why? I know Jesus Christ. He's awesome. He has the keys to death and hell. He knows all about death. Can he hold my hand going through it? He's like, I'm feeling you, Adam. I've been here. I know what it's all about. And he, as, 
That's a great, that's a great comfort to me. I can't imagine living in not knowing that. I am he that has, I'm the first and the last, which was dead and alive. Now he's going to give us this, the condemnation. I know your works. Hey, I know what you've been doing. And I know your poverty. Without that certificate from burning the incense and saying Caesar's law, they get a certificate and they can do business. You mean they can't buy or sell without that certificate and that bowing down to the... <laughs> funny, isn't it? Uh, so they're suffering great poverty. And Jesus, I know, I'm aware, of, I'm aware of your poverty. But you're rich. Well, rich? Who, me? I got nothing, you know. Anytime I want to give the Lord, I just come up with lint. I, I, got, I get nothing. And what, what are you talking about? He's talking about, no, 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 no. You, you're, you're scoring this all wrong. You don't, you're not figuring this out right. And I told you about this, and you should know it. By the way, this is a stark contrast. Revelation chapter 3, he's talking to the church of Laodicea. I know your works, verse 15, thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Read here, you make me want to puke. Because you say I'm rich and increase with good, you and have need of nothing. You don't even know how wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked you are. Sounds like real blessing words. No, and it's not meant to bless. Oh, you think you're real rich? You got nothing. And he says to the Church of Smyrna, "You think you're real poor? But you have no idea." So what is he talking about? Well, I think he's talking about Matthew. Well, I'm just going to read it. I got it. I got it on my notepad here. Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12. Um, no, I won't read it there because I just got the note that it's, uh, I'm supposed to turn to it. Okay, Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. But you guys know this. You can go there if you want. But I think it's you know, something most of you could quote. Matthew chapter 5, and of course that's on the Beatitudes. The last of them is, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You say, great. Persecuted equals heaven. Great. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. You got, this is new ground. We, we get this. We understand this. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And I always say, so they persecuted prophets. Now they persecute me. What, what is that? Misery loves company? No, it's really good company. Just think about that. You are so poor. Oh, no, you know, you got it all wrong. You got it all wrong. You are so rich. Wait till I, you see what I've got in store for you. I just think that's tremendous. Uh, back to Revelation 2. I know your works. Uh, I know your poverty, but you're rich. I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are, are, are the synagogue of Satan. What's that all about? Oh my goodness. Because Jews were the original persecutors of Christianity. Rome didn't even care at the beginning, except when they realized these troublemakers won't bow down to Caesar. Then it was a problem. But originally, it was those who were Jews they say they're Jews. They're not really. They're of the synagogue of Satan. They're doing satanic work, thinking that they're doing God's work. Say, Adam, um, you're really anti-Semitic. I'm not. I'm quoting Jesus Christ. And trust me when I say Jesus Christ is not anti-Semitic. Okay. 
Okay? You have to understand that. Jesus, a good Jewish boy, uh, always kept the law, is not anti-Semitic. But what he's saying is, the people who are persecuting you, the Jews who are persecuting you, they're not, they're not real Jews. It's funny to me. You know, um, the original persecutor of the Jews were Christians. Well, they're not. I don't think any Christian ever persecuted any Jew. And now you're saying, oh, wait a second, you're crazy. What about the Holocaust? What about the Inquisition? What about, you mean, in name only Christians? That's always the problem. You know how we're not what they say we are ever? You know, they talk about, and you know, on the news, they, and, and uh, now the, uh, the Christian view is, and they show you some guy in a pointy hat and a long robe, and you're thinking, Christian? What's that got to do with Christianity? They, they, don't, they don't know. They don't understand. Not real Jews persecuted real Christians. Not later on, not real Christians would return to favor and persecute real Jews. The Holocaust was Adolf, one of a brother, Adolf, born again, loved Jesus. Not so much. Right? People who really know the Lord, really love the Lord, are never those who persecute Jews. And I'm not saying that's, there's no exception to that ever. But these are those. He says, I, I know the blasphemy. I, I, I'm aware. Your persecution coming from a place that, I, I understand it, but they're doing Satan's work. Fear, none of these things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried. And you shall have Ten, uh, you shall have tribulation ten days, but be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Fear none of these things that you're going to suffer. Some of you are going to die. Well, um, Lord, that's kind of fearful. <laughs> Hello, that's kind of a bad thing. No, no, it's not really. In Luke chapter 12, verse 4, I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that can do no more. That's all they got. I, I've said it before. You know, oh, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to die anyway. My life is terminal. It has an end date. You're going you're gonna to send me home to be with Jesus earlier than I planned? Yay! If I had my druthers, I'd go there. I'd go there today anyway. Do you understand that? So death is like—that's all they got, and all they got is nothing. When we go home, that's not a fearful thing. I have an idea. We close our eyes here, and we wake up just falling into the arms of the Savior. I think He's there. The death of his saints is precious in his sight. He's not indifferent. You know, you can read that from uh, Stephen's death and others, and that's what scripture says. But we, I'm, our time's going, so I gotta, don't worry about those things. The devil's, devil's gonna cast some of you into prison that you may be tried. You shall have tribu tribulation 10 days. Now some people say 10 days is 10 days. Some say these are 10 different periods or epics of persecution, and they, you know, marry them to 10 different, well, you know, there's Marcus Aurelius and there's, you know, Domitian who, that's who John was suffering on. That's why he was sent to Patmos. And they can even name the emperors who persecuted them. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe 10 days is a small amount of time or manageable amount of time or something Jesus said is a measure to this. I like that idea the best because what are you going through right now? Hard times. A lot of stuff. 
It's, it's very difficult. It's measured. There's, there's nothing you're going to go through today or this year that you and Jesus together can't handle. It's measured. It's meted out. He's not interested in crushing us. He's interested in crushing out the self out of us. And he wants to refine that reliance on him. Oh, my goodness. Hang in there. Be faithful, even to death. I'll give thee a crown of life. Is he talking about eternal life, salvation? I don't know. Is it a special crown? There's five listed. I think there's probably a lot more that we don't even know about. So you hang it out to, and is this, that those crowns, remember we talked about casting them at his feet. Does that have to do with our capacity to worship him eternally? I don't know that. Or does it just mean you hang in there and the worst they can do is kill you and then you're going to be with me and that's going to be a good day forever. Choose, I don't know. I'll give you the crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. He that overcometh shall not be heard of the second death. Ooh, second death, that sounds nasty. Want to talk about it? Okay, this is the last point, okay? And thanks for hanging in with me. Revelation chapter 20. Great white throne judgment. So much to say here, so much content, and we're going to skip most of it. But like I say, on Wednesday night, we'll revisit some of these ideas. Revelation chapter, chapter 20. Let's start in uh, verse 11. I saw a great white throne, him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place in them. Who's that? It was Jesus Christ. He says that. God had reserved all judgment to him. This is the judge doing the judgment. Jesus Christ, the Christ, is judging a Christ-rejecting world. That seems apropos, very fitting as far as I'm concerned. Okay, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. Again, Jesus Christ is God. And the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. Is your name written in the book of life? Yeah. It says one church. I'd, ne I'd never rub your name out of the book of life. I'd never remove your name from the book of life. Is your name written in the book of life? Well, that's kind of important to the whole thing. So they opened up the books, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of the things which were written in the books according to their works. Now, that's fearful. You never want to be judged according to your works. Oh, my, this is going to go bad for me. And not only is it going to go bad for me, it's going to go bad for me eternally. And the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. <laughs> Nobody's getting out of this, in other words, right? Uh, and they were judged, every man according to their works. People think, I want to be judged according to my works. Are you crazy? I want to be judged according to Jesus' work on Calvary, singularly. That's my free get-out-of-jail card eternally, and yours as well. Free gift. Oh, you think you're going to earn it? Where do you come up with these ideas? That's crazy. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the people who are listening by Facebook. Where do you come up with these? That's crazy talk. 
Every man was judged according to his works. And what happened? And death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life. You're getting judged. Uh, in other words, Jesus added your name the day he died for you and you accepted him as Savior. Or I don't know, is everyone's name written there and he just writes out, checks off the ones who don't, ex- I, I don't know exactly how it works, okay? But your name's not written, in the, found in the book. They were cast in the lake of fire. That's the second death. Um, when I went to Calvary Chapel in Bengal, they used to have these sweatshirts and stuff like this. Born once, die twice. Physical death and spiritual death, separation from God forever. They didn't say that. It just said born twice. Born once, die twice. Born twice, die once. We're all going to die. We're not supposed to fear it. We're supposed to stay faithful, even in the face of death. And what happens? Crown of life. Poverty? You're rich. Listen, I'm, I'm in it. I don't know what 2021 is going to bring. If things end up a certain way, will we be persecuted? We're going to be persecuted in 2021 to one degree or another. It depends if it's filtered through a certain... Or do we have four more years of less persecution? Or is it going to be full-on, you are enemies of the state, you are not politically correct, you are not bowing to Caesar, we are really going to turn up the heat? I I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to see any of you so much as have a ingrown toenail. I, 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 I want for you blessing and good and just, God, heap up the blessing on you. But what I know in my heart of hearts, the times when things are the hardest are the times when also things are going the best for me. When I turn to the Lord, and Lord, you've got to save me out of this distress. You've got to come and you've got you to move in a powerful way. Does he? He's never left me flapping in the breeze. He's, ne- he's never not come to my aid or not come to my rescue. We'll, we'll, t- we'll carry on with our study next week. Anyway, I'm sorry for going over. We'll, let's pray. Uh, Lord, we're wealthier than, I don't know, I think any church has a right to be sometimes. And I'm glad that you've blessed us so abundantly with, you know, here we are living in Disney World. And it hasn't really helped our spirit, Lord. It's helped our bank accounts, but... Lord, we want to be about your business. And if they turn up the heat, Lord, we're just going to turn up the faith. And Lord, we want to be found faithful. We thank you for this wonderful example of those who didn't count their lives as anything worth being hung on to, Lord, but counted service to you as everything. We want to be that kind of, that kind of church, Lord. That, those kind of people. Faithful to the end, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.